What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Mr. Miggity Mac, and with me tonight is my co-host, Dr. Diamond Doug. Triple D! Quick reminder, you can find us on AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language. Mm-hmm. That's... Not really our style, Mm-mm. so we'll try to keep this rated PG-13. Yeah. Mild profanity and artistic nudity. The hint of artistic nudity. Yeah. So it's a kid's film. Yeah, like just, just a couple of schnozberries. Yeah, just a couple, couple. Just a couple of schnozberries. <laughs> also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 7 Pantheon nomination, number 6, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, nominated by Kyle Brown, with guest voter John Shippey. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Dr. Diamond Doug, what is Pantheon? Well, I'm glad you asked. Pantheon movies referred to movies that hit on all cylinders, acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects... And even, potentially, some sort of an X-factor that pushes it over the edge. It is essential viewing, best of its genre. And uh, there's nine members on the AV Council. Every three weeks, a council member will nominate a movie, do a write-up, and everyone else who is on the council will vote yes or no and then give their own write-up on the movie. And in addition to those nine votes, there's one guest voter each time. This time it's John Shippey. And there is a Facebook poll, which counts all together as one vote, depending on which way it's leaning. With a total of 11 votes, each movie needs a two-thirds majority, seven votes to get in. And that is what is Pantheon. That is what is Pantheon. Let's chat about some previous Pantheon votes for this season. Uh, We've had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Eight of Eleven made it in. It is. Perks of Being a Wallflower. Six of Eleven did not make it in. Just missed it. Point Break. Three of Eleven. Fan favorite, but didn't make it in. Nope. Muppets Treasure Island. Rough Ride here. Two of of Eleven. Mm Mm-hmm. And then our last one was When Harry Met Sally. Did make it in. Yeah. Eight of Eleven. Eight. Eight big votes. Just just like tromped its way right through there. Yes. All right, so a little foreplay before we get started. We like to kind of yeah. light, get set the lights and set the mood mm. and get the feelings going. Get the juices flowing. Get the juices flowing. <clears throat> mm. What is your favorite candy? My favorite candy. So uh, I love a hundred grand bar. I really ah. do. It is wonderful. Now, here's the thing. I like... Uh, I, I like the amount that I can steal from my kids on Halloween, mm-hmm. and that's it. Now, other people are like, oh, heard you like 100 Grand Bar. And Let me get you a giant package of 1,000 100 Grand Bar. Like, and it's like, okay, that's a lot now. That's a lot of 100 that's, Grand Bars. That's over in the millions, maybe trillions. I would put those in the freezer, forget about them, and then drag them out one at a time oh, over years. Nice. I also, you know what, I... I I've always been partial to Three Musketeers. Uh, it's too. nice and light. Nice. Uh, but let's be honest. I, there's not a lot of candy that I'll turn down. 
No. It's no. No. Some black licorice, maybe some oh, some, some. That's where we part ways, my friend. Wait, you don't even know yet. Oh. Twizzlers. Oh. We can. Uh, you can just throw those on the burn pile too. Oh. Uh. All right. My favorite candy. Yeah. My wife will tell you that there are two. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Malted milk balls, and the thicker the coating of chocolate, the yeah. better. But very specifically. Whoppers. Yeah, I was. Gonna I know say. those don't have a giant thick coating. I do like the ones with really thick. Yeah. But Whoppers are fabulous. My second, sometimes first, is um, Jelly Bellies. Okay. I love going through yeah. one or two at a time, making combinations. Now I do love me a Sour Patch Kid every once in a while too. There you so go. And, and you know a peach ring. Those are nice. Uh... What about your lovely lady? What's her favorite candy? Butterfinger. 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 Yeah. My wife. It is bottle caps. Right? right? I know. Really? And you know how hard those are to find sometimes? Uh, any specific, like, does she like the cola flavored bottle No, cap they're or? just a regular box of, I guess they're, I, I don't ever eat them. They're fruit flavored. I've yeah. never had a one because I don't want to touch her bottle caps because yeah. I like my fingers. Yeah, yeah. Throughout the course of the year, Robin's eggs around Easter yeah, for, for sure. my wife. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then also. The... Which, by the way, malted milk balls. Yeah. That's what those are. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and uh, she she likes the Werthers and oh yeah yeah but if you had to pick one, yep no yeah. bottle caps are the thing. All right, well let's get to this. So we are talking about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, based on the book. Uh, this was uh, rated PG. It's a fantasy family musical genre, directed by Mel Stewart, who's done a lot of documentaries and. Uh, uh, done with movies in 74, really. A lot of TV, though. I saw a lot of TV there, but nothing really that current. Um, screenplay by Ronald Dahl, who's famous for writing a number of things, including James and the Giant Peach and others. Based on uh, the Ronald Dahl book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, produced by Stan Margulies and David Wolper. Music by Leslie, is it Bricuse? Yeah. Uh, and Anthony Newley. Um uh, cinematography by Arthur Ibbotson, who did Babes in Toyland, edited by David Saxon, was in theaters in June, June 30th, 1971, a fabulous year. I was getting ready to turn uh, like five. And in a runtime of 100 minutes, Studio Wolper Produ uh, Pictures Limited and the Quaker Oats Company, distributed by Paramount Pictures. It was... And we'll get back to the Quaker yeah. Oats thing, because that's a fun thing. But that's hold a fun off on fact that. there, the Quaker Oats. I do want to throw out one correction yes. from the list. Yes. Rated G, not PG. Yes. But I had to look it up, because I, I wrote G. Did I G. say PG? Yeah. Oh. And, and I thought, wait My a second, goodness. maybe I'm wrong. It should be and PG. And I looked at it, and I was like, well, they chopped a freaking head off of a chicken in the... And, and then you got they, you got millipedes yes. and you've got oh yeah and they abused children and yeah. they were licking snozberries yeah so, well, yeah uh, all but right I was like that makes sense that it'd be PG but I didn't think it was wrong no it's I, G but I I bet if it came out it, today it popped out of my mouth PG but yeah. I, it clearly says G I read it wrong my apologies no let me hold on <clears> a second <throat> Charlie in the Chocolate Factory that one's probably a PG. Right, so we got Charlie and the Chocolate. I don't believe PG was a that thing. That was PG. Yeah, I don't think PG was a thing in 1971. Oh. It, it, was, it was G or R. R and, and X. <laughs> yeah. All right, starring Gene Wilder, Jack Albertson, one of my favorite actors, especially <clears throat> in this movie, Peter Ostrom, Roy Kinnear, Denise Nickerson. Violet. 
Leonard Stone, Mr. Beauregard, Julie Don Cole, Baruch Assault, Paris Thimmon, Mike TV, Dodo Denny, Mrs. TV, Michael Bolner, Augustus Gloop, who, by the way, when he grew up, looked exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. the same. Diana Soul, Mrs. Bucket, and Gunther Meissner, the so-called Slugworth. Yeah, the Slugworth sort of, right? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Quick little synopsis from IMDb. Would you read that for me? A poor but hopeful boy seeks one of the five coveted golden tickets that will send him on a tour of Willy Wonka's mysterious chocolate factory. Yes, and then, of course he finds the ticket and I've got the golden ticket. And, and they sing songs and sings they meet It is a musical. People it is, uh, and they learn lessons. It was, a, it was one of the first musicals uh, that I watched and enjoyed other than Oliver. Mm-hmm. As a child. I'm talking about as a child. Yep. All right. Uh, ratings. IMDb gave it a 7.8 out of 10. Um, Metacritic, 67 on 10 reviews with a user score of 8.1. Rotten Tomatoes, 91% with an 87% audience score. And Google, 85% liked it. Which is a little bit lower than some of the other films that we've looked at. Mm-hmm. Google is tends to be high. I haven't seen anything that was much lower than... 85. I was just going to say 85, yeah. maybe 82, yeah. <clears throat> so, some reviews from Rotten Tomato. Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times uh, rated as fresh. Probably the best film of its sort since The Wizard of Oz. It is everything that family movies usually claim to be, but aren't. Delightful, funny, scary, exciting, and most of all, a genuine work of imagination. On the other side of the seesaw, we got James Berndelli. Real Views, who gives it a rotten Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, like many childhood favorites, is better left in the past and allowed to reside in memories. As an adaptation of Doll's story, it's inferior to the Burton remake. Uh, controversial opinion. I think a lot of people are on one side or the other of that fence. Yeah, I included that uh, in this because yeah, that is a comparison that a some people comparison. will make. That's right. Uh, Metacritic reviews. Cindy White from IGN. Her reviews rated uh, an 80. Like all the best and most beloved family films, there's plenty in this film for adults to appreciate as well as kids. And then pulling up the rear, Chuck Bowen, Slant Magazine. Slant. Metacritic gives this uh, review a 50. There is, of course, Gene Wilder is Wonka, the reason most people think they like this movie. And he's a wonderful actor, quite capable of hitting dolls and ambivalences. And he has a lovely entrance. But Stewart's clunky stop-and-start pace and sketchy tone give him nowhere to go, is what Chuck Bowen says. Mm. Uh, of the Metacritic Hoi Polloi, uh, mm-hmm. give it 8.1 with 55 positive, 5 mixed, and 2 negative. Uh, Ari Kagan. Mm-hmm. Rated at nine. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a 1971 belated, beloved, beloved? No, belated. Belated cult, oh, that's true. Belated cult classic film. I say belated, explains himself here, yeah. right here, right here. I say belated because the film didn't really gain a following until its VHS release. So, uh, on the other side, we've got Tejas Nair, a three. Mm. Watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in 2020 just after reading the book feels like a joke. 
because more than enticing the slapstick film with a touch of musical only repels you with its dirty props and overdramatic performances by everyone that are an exaggeration of what even Dahl imagined. Just to go take a step back here, Dahl is also the script author yeah, of yeah. this. Okay, well, well, we'll move forward with that. Well, and uh, we'll take this uh, with a grain of salt, given yeah. that the ampersand in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was the only punctuation until we reached the period at the end of that diatribe. <laughs> so, yes. Well, among, it, I almost died because there's no place to breathe. You take a breath there, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the AV, Ventures in Videoland Facebook commenters yeah. and reviews. Naomi Ray. Brad had tagged a bunch of people and yeah. Brad tagged Naomi. And uh, Naomi said, Brad... I would like to state that my love for the original was actually tainted by the remake. Gene Wilder will forever be the only Willy Wonka. Alessio Pasquale, uh, very verbose. Always uh, make sure that everyone understands the details. The minutia of Alessio's uh, position says yes. And? No, no, that's... That, no. that was... Oh, yes. wow. Okay. Now, very yeah. clearly stated, as he <laughs> always is, very yeah. clearly stated. So, Lisa Fernandez. Uh, this is a longer one, but I included the whole thing because it's a nice, fun story. Sure. This film is a true movie magic. This film is true movie magic that, in my opinion, has stood to the, up to the test of time. During the great quarantine of 2020. I remember that year. I remember those days. I started watching this film one morning and my grandchildren, ages three and seven, were drawn in by the How It's Made introduction and whimsical music. They literally marveled at how candy is made, and I still get that feeling at the beginning of this film. Throughout the entire thing, we were all giggling and laughing at the dark humor and sarcasm. Because children, three and seven, dark humor and sarcasm. It's now, awesome. No, I'll it's awesome. Actually, my children are, were into that, but they were raised uh, right. Uh, together, we memorized the whole rant at the end, and I recorded my babies shouting, You lose! Good day, sir! Priceless. I'm crying recalling their experience of this film because to this day, it is still my experience. Yeah. Josh Morris says, super stoked to see this get nominated. An absolute yes for me. The film was and is still a major staple in pop culture. I have faith this will make it in. Now, Paul Roman wants to test the boundaries of our PG-13 rating here with his comment... But he uh, says, absolutely. Yeah, well, Paul, I'm glad that we can get your full comment in there in all of its glory. Joshua McLaughlin, you know, heck yes, more than a nostalgia pick. Hope to get on a ride up faster than my current one for when Harry met Sally. Oh, Joshua. I love Joshua McLaughlin. His voice from his, his voice makes. Makes my my uh, yeah, it, it gives you, me the goosebumps. It makes your Shrek tingle. It makes, just my, a little, it makes my Shrek tingle. My layers just a little bit. Daniel Ray says, "Absolutely masterpiece of a family film. Gene Wilder is next level." Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Receipts. 
<laughs> Let's talk about how well it did at the theater. So there was a comment earlier that it really didn't uh, uh, didn't kind of get any traction and take off until didn't hit. it was released. Didn't pop. And th- this is reflected in uh, its receipts at the theater. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, June 30, 1971. As I said, 100 Minutes by Mel Stewart. Had a production budget of $3 million. Domestic gross of $573,368. But hold on, worldwide gross, $616,173. So this was what was referred to in the industry, I think, of as a turd. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) However, the average ticket price... Uh, in 1971, was a buck sixty-five. So, using our trademark, copyrighted, uh, patented, patented, reserved. reserved butts in seats index that we use to calculate movies and compare them across time Cross by time. by uh, taking domestic gross in the U.S. dividing it by average ticket price as defined by Box Office Mojo. And that gives us our BSI, our butts in seats index. Now, now, everybody knows that the Fight Club standard. Yeah, I was looking at this. I was like, those numbers, I'm not good at math, but I think this is what it says it is, right? Yeah. yeah. The Fight, Fight Club, Club standard is 7.3 million. 7. 3 Everyone million knows. Sorry to say this for our listeners. You know what the Fight Club standard everybody is. Everybody knows. Everybody this knows what the Fight Club standard is 7.3 million butts in seats. So, how did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory do? 347. Thousand four hundred and ninety-six butts in seats. So uh, uh, it wasn't as popular in the theater. Doing the math, carrying the one, and all of that. That this is what uh, <laughs> this is a point five of a. No, it's not even that. No, it's less than that. It's point oh five. <laughs> it's very small. It's very small. We could call. Before the end of the show, we could call every one of those people that were in the theater. Yes, yeah, uh, many are dead, but yes, we could call them all <laughs> during the show and talk to them about their experience. I know oh. I did not see this in the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 1971. I, I know I didn't see it till it came out on VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my wife, have... my wife was saying it was also on cable that they started sure. playing it all yeah, the time on yeah. one of these kids networks. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so some comparisons. Uh, first comparison. Um, same author of the of the book, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, same author of the book, James and the Giant Peach. Mm-hmm. This came out April twelfth, nineteen ninety six. Mm-hmm. Was a seventy nine minute uh, film directed by Henry uh, Selick. Svelte. and uh, production budget of thirty eight million dollars. Domestic gross twenty eight point nine worldwide. Uh, also twenty eight point nine. Average ticket price in nineteen ninety six was four dollars forty two cents for a BSI of six point five million. So, much, uh, we'll, it, we'll just say closer to the Fight Club standard. If they had hit the Fight Club standard, maybe they would have broke even. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. They maybe. Mary hey. Poppins. Yeah, Mary Poppins. June 18, 1965. Also a musical, also aimed at kids, children's adventure. You didn't see this one in the theater either. I did not see this one. In the th- no, no. I did see it in the theater, but not the year it was released. Yeah, I saw it in the yeah. theater later with a church was, group. In fact, I was going to say I don't think that you were uh, you, were, you were was, slithering around on this uh, grand planet of ours yet. 
139 minutes. Uh, Robert Stevenson production budget six million dollars domestic gross 102.3 million dollars made. In 1965. Just cranking out the just 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 writing their own checks and making the money right there, printing money. Worldwide 103.1 million. So not worldwide, but domestic. So with the butts and seat index, we have an average ticket price in 1965 of a dollar and one cent. That gives us 101.3 million BSI. That is big. That's in like the US. Marvel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Young Frankenstein. <clears throat> Frank, young Frankenstein. December 15th, 1974, 106 minutes, Mel Brook. We actually we actually had a, a Pantheon. It was nominated yeah, it's for in Pantheon. There. It's in there. Uh, that came out in uh, 74, as I said. Production budget, 2.8 million. Domestic gross, 86.3 million worldwide same actually 86.3 with an average ticket price of a buck 89 that year bsi 45.7 million not too shabby not, shabby. not too shabby and then the comparison go the ahead the natural ahead. comparison of charlie and the chocolate factory d- mm-hmm. directed by tim burton released july 15 2005 115 minutes mm mm-hmm. Production budget for this one, $150 million. They made back domestic gross, $206.5 million. Worldwide, $475 million. Cranking out the bucks, baby. Average ticket price, $6.41 in 2005, which gives this a BSI of $32.2 million. Beautiful, right? Yeah. They, they, made, they, they did well. They did well. <clears throat> which, uh, 347000 Yeah. Is Willy Wonka? Yeah, that this one had, um, like by a lot. Yeah, like like a hundred, almost a hundred times more people. Yeah, yeah, a factor. Yeah. All right, but but again, 19, 1971, 2005, Yep, uh, number of theaters that existed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yes, that's all right. Hey, you know what? Before we go on to a deep dig. Yeah. The people who nominate, in this case Kyle, uh, nominated this movie sometimes, actually fairly regularly, they will send us uh, uh, a small token of their appreciation. Bribes. Bribes. They're bribes. Bribes. Sometimes they are like a little letter. Yep. Sometimes they are uh, something a little larger. A gift card. A knife. We've gotten a knife. We've gotten knives. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I have to say... We had a UPS Dog truck, a UPS truck, back up to the studio here in the, here in the uh, lair, and unload. I am not joking. Uh, six packages. Yeah, there, there's some of a, them are cardboard boxes. Yeah, uh, Kyle kind of went nuts with this one, which is great. But and let's see what Kyle do came I, up we with. We start small and build up. Yeah, let's like start. The, let's uh, start with a we have a little white envelope here. Rip that bad boy open. Afraid of what's gonna happen here. Uh, All right, some fizzy lifting drinks first pop one. There. What do what we you got? have? A little black bag. You got a little black bag with something in it, and if, if it's if it's uh, I don't know, is I it naughty? Yeah. Oh, we got it. what is that? <laughs> these these are. Uh, are they tattoos? I, I'm not going to say flavored stamps, but the oh, uh, <laughs> flavored stickers. But you lick them. I'm wondering if the. I don't know if I want to lick one tonight yet. Uh, I got to read up on where these things are from. Well, I would argue not the U.S. But but then again, if they taste like snozberries, it's not yep. the worst thing. Who that goes I've wrong? What? How can you tonight. go wrong with that? Yeah. 
What you got there? That's fine. I'm pulling out a banana. All right. Pulling out a banana. This is different. This is different. I'm going to pull this one out. This one feels um, uh, like small particles of some sort. This is the second little white package that I'm opening. And this one has Hershey's Wonka eggs. Wonka eggs. You know, like the little malted milk balls, in fact. Uh, little eggs. Cookies and cream eggs. Wonderful. Some little candies there. There's also this uh, cardboard box. And in, did you did you try this thing? I'm getting. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little too into the scratch this, this, this and the sniff over here. Tastes like snozzberries. <laughs> really okay. do. So this box can taste as I open exactly the, whose snozzberries <laughs> they are. If I open the flap, yeah. you see there's a good day, sir. There's a picture. I said good day. Of uh, you get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. It's a big photograph. And by the way, in the box. Is nothing. <laughs> it's a box of nothing. Uh, good day, sir. Good day, sir. Very was, good that one. Was that was fun. Thank fabulous. you. Then you got Thank this you. box here, which is uh, full of uh, plastic and wraps. And. Ooh, look at what that. would you say that is? That's uh, a Willy, Won Willy Wonka action figure. It's right? a Willy Wonka a action Gene figure. A Gene Wilder. It's a choking hazard. <laughs> That's because of the snozberry. I bet his snozberry yeah. tastes like. Yeah. All right, let's see what's in this one. In this one, we have. Hold on. It looks like a T-shirt, perhaps. Yes. Uh, uh, a, uh, a a a Willy Wonka T-shirt. I think it has a Oompa Loompa on it. And I'm guessing it's size quintuple five X. So Kyle, you're doing your job right here. I feel like a over the top, I feel like a kid in a candy store right now. So, so that's there's good. some stickers, I oh, think. Oh, some Gene Wilder and, and then Oompa Loompa stickers. What's this say? Oh, I. It's a, a, a Wonka bar, bar T-shirt. I'm a giant Wonka bar. Look oh. at me. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, one more. Sorry, sorry to our listeners. I have to sit through all of this. Oh, this one's so heavy. All right, and as I open it, it says, "Have a taste of one on the air." Oh, have a taste of one on the air <laughs> from Wonka. These are bottles of Wonka sodas. We got some this busy is lifting drinks. Snozberry soda tastes like a ball. Uh, <laughs> this one is. Uh, also, these are all snozberry sodas. <laughs> they are fizzy lifting drinks. Snozberry soda. <laughs> so, let's do it. Which one do you want? Orange? Uh, whatever color. Slightly urine colored that one is. I don't want the urine color this one, one. This one looks... Yeah, uh, yeah that yeah. one looks uh, fruity flavored. I, uh... Oof. Delicious. They look delicious, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, you're not, you're not going to have one? Uh... Oh, you want us both to have one? We can both have or one. Or you want me to pour pour a little bit of yeah, this one into you? Yeah, let's pour a little bit. Of, well, let's share it. Yeah. The, uh, the fruity? I'll give you a little mm -hmm. taster right there. Mm-hmm. Woo. I feel lighter than air. 
I can't place a flavor on I this I can't one. either. It's a, it's a, it's a fruit-like flavor, but I can't quite figure it out. The, uh, no, but, uh, the snozberries do, if this is what snozberries taste like, this tastes just it, like snozberries. I should totally have more snozberries in my life. These remind me of, of the, um, Oh, I can't think of the brand name of them, but it was the, we bought these for uh, Thanksgiving once and we had uh, ranch <laughs> and ranch flavored soda and, and peanut butter and yeah, jelly yeah, yeah. and coffee was sure. one of them. And then there were, there were sweet corn was yeah. one. The sweet corn was the worst. And that's why I said I didn't want the urine one because I was like, if that's that sweet corn garbage, I don't want any of that. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's oh. really cool. So, Kyle, you have Kyle, outdone yourself. Sir. Outdone yourself. All so, right. Thank you. All right. Well. As the bribes have flown, yeah, flowed from the box. We were doing a show. Let's uh, let's uh, let's dig back into the show here. Let's get to a uh, let's do a deep dig. Kyle's Kyle's nomination, and he wrote this up in a very interesting way, using characters as touch points uh, for things that were about their character that then guided uh, aspects of the movie that he liked. That's great. So. All right, so Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, a world of pure imagination. How in the absolute... F- 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 no, that's what he wrote. Actually, he wrote... F- 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 he didn't write that, but I did uh, censor it. Oh, you censored it. Have yeah. we not talked Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in the seven years of Pantheon? This season's been full of nostalgic notes from Turtles to Muppets, teen drama to romantic comedies, and even a surfer bake heist romance. Lots of personal choices thrown out this year, which is how I usually go every year, to be honest. Not this time. This time, I wanted an absolute slam dunk. With how the with how the council goes through, there is no such thing as a guarantee. Augustus Gloop. The film is big! Few films go to the scale that Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory did, and kids... And kids' films especially don't tend to go this hard. Violet Beauregard. This film has flavor. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a musical, and the music is absolutely wonderful. Toss in a memorable score, and the sounds of this pantheon hopeful, and you will have one of the best non-Disney musicals of all time. Veruca Salt. This film wants attention! Right now! Right now! Gene Wilder is the obvious standout here, but Mike, the rest is wonderful. Yeah, Mike TV. This film is entertaining. The script is terrific. Absolute banger of a script with a bountiful amount of quotable lines. Pause. Mike TV it just struck me right now, and I was thinking about how he delivers his lines. Mm-hmm. Sounds exactly like Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. Right? Yeah, no, you're it's there. It's that 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 yeah. that that that, uh, that Tommy Gun yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, it's gonna be human yeah. term. No, well, he, he talks like the characters in his favorite TV shows. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie Bucket. This film is wholesome. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is like Charlie in that it is pure and wholesome. This movie is just effing good. Watch it. Have a chocolate bar. Be a damn kid again. The only thing that will last longer than an everlasting gobstopper is the timelessness of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Now go vote yes. Good day, hey, sir! 
<laughs> All right. Fun Thank times. you, Kyle. That was actually really fun. All right. Let's talk about some uniqueness and challenges. Uh, some uniqueness, just off the top of my head, uniqueness to this for this film, from my perspective, is that while there were several, especially in the 60s and 70s, several films that were shot in, set in uh, England, and were very British in a number of their elements, this particular film starts off feeling that way. And then many of the characters are not British. And it was filmed in, what, Munich, I think? Uh, you know, yeah, I think you're right. But, but the, like, you have these characters, a lot of them, who yeah. lived there and were not British in any way. Yeah. Not their, not their accents. Gene Wilder was not. No, yeah. good grandpa, Joe, yeah. Charlie, but they're living amongst all this whole this whole British community, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, it was a uniqueness to it. Everybody didn't have to like adopt a, a British accent to do this film that was supposedly happening in, in England or seemed to be set in England. I always yeah. thought that was kind of unique about the film. You know, and it, it didn't occur to me until I was much older watching it and then think, wait, hold on, like the teacher clearly british the candy man at the store clearly the whole environment the newspaper people all that but not charlie not his mom not grandpa not willy wonka so in terms of uniqueness that how about unique company that it has mm -hmm. that like the roger ebert quote is that this film has done something that probably wasn't as successful of its kind since wizard of oz and I'd agree with the assessment in that, like, it is this giant scale, mystical, whimsical kids movie that's got dark edges. That It's not the only musical that we have. It's not the only kids movie that we have. No. It's not the only 70s film that we had. It's but, not even the only darkest kids movie that we but have. But it, it is in this category of goats, like mm -hmm. the greatest of all time, mm -hmm. epic. Like these are the films that everyone knows or knows about, mm -hmm. even if they haven't seen. Right, right. You know, like yeah, the, Wonderful uh, Life, A Christmas Story. Yeah, uh, Mary yeah. Poppins, and and yeah, so on and so right? forth. Yeah. So it it is in this kind of like greatest category. That's not to say it's necessarily a shoe in. Nope. But it is. It like it it stands amongst giants on that. But it didn't do well when it came out. And I think when it did, when it came out, and this was another one of its uniqueness about this particular film, is when it came out, I don't think it was understood. Uh, I don't, I, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll talk in a bit about the whole Quaker Oats connection and how the movie wouldn't even have occurred yeah. without their support. But one of the reasons why the movie wouldn't have happened is that people looked at it and thought it was a third rail. It was, it was too edgy. They're harming children. They're... You know, this kind of weird, yeah. kind of creepy, let's offer candy to I kids. I will say this, as far as movies go that we've put up, we've heard put up for Pantheon, mm. uh, or that we have yeah. put up for Pantheon, we had a chance with the, yeah. this one of those, mm -hmm. that um, this would be the biggest comeback story in ter of I'll movies. Give you that. This yeah. would be the movie that sleeper was the low a sleeper hit yeah. was the lowest bsi mm -hmm. oh yeah that made it into pantheon that like that would be one of the if it things. gets in if yeah. it gets in that would yeah. be that would be one thing what are some challenges that people are going to uh, find and, and i'll just throw out the one that is is just heavy on the table and uh, even brandon folk had mentioned this and we saw it in another comment uh is that it will be compared to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Tim Burton, and Tim Burton spent 
about a hundred million more dollars. Yeah, uh, hundred and fifty more million dollars on it. And you could argue that the commercial success of Tim Burton's film, quote, proves uh, that it's yeah. a better film. But without Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, would without William without Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, would Charlie and the Chocolate Factory have ever been as popular? I yeah. think the answer is yeah. no. Yeah. So, so that would be one thing is that people are going to compare, mm-hmm. and the comparison is going to be based on the look and feel of the film as well as the faithfulness of the adaptation to sure. the book itself. Yeah, yeah, and they say that uh, Charlie the Chocolate Factory is much more faithful to the book. Yeah, and I, yeah. So, how about uh, any insights you had while watching the movie? You know, uh, one of the insights that I had was uh, this is a movie that I've seen a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Then we watched it again, and I still found things that I liked about it. And I'll still find things in it that I hadn't noticed before. Yeah. Uh, An Oompa Loompa falling down in the background (laughs) that they left it, almost like a stormtrooper whacking their head on the top of the door kind of a deal. You know what I'm saying? Like little things like that. Well, there is a little girl that gets hit in the face uh, with a door at the bar in the chocolate shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the stormtrooper. He drops the uh, the little the little divider thing yeah it's the on the way up and it whacks her right in the gets head then she the, smiles the and keeps going yeah gets yeah. her in the chin on the way up also uh an insight that apparently while the candy store is popular and apparently still in business they gave away a lot of candy they, they really did <laughs> i didn't catch this the first like any of the other times that i was watching this and i don't know if it was from our discussion mm-hmm. or things that i had read but then as i was watching it i was struck by the fact because I think that you had mentioned, because we watched this together, mm-hmm. that you're like, well, they're giving him everything away. Yeah. But then he was like, well, darn sure, man, Charlie is going to have to pay. Cause yeah. Because he's, he's poor. Yeah. The other kids were rich, and he's like, whatever, they buy it on credit, yeah. and on uh, credit like, I'm good. On their account like, or whatever. I don't trust this poor kid. This this kid, he had to pay. Yeah. And he paid like a whole big whatever that coin was yeah. that he gave him. And, and he got back like three little coins yeah. change, you know. That cracked me up. All right, so let's do a little breakdown and some standout moments. Sure. Uh, one of, and the first one is acting and casting. I believe if there's any kind of big uh, uh, neon signs in any category uh, for this movie that might be challenges on the category, it's acting. That not no. all of the characters, especially some of the kids, were not actually great performances. On the other hand... Another giant neon light in this category is Gene Wilder. Is Gene Wilder. Who, was, who just ate up every inch of screen that time that he was in. And I would argue Grandpa Joe uh, was the But Grandpa f- also was foil. He was, he was, and he was solid. Yeah, he was the, but he was the but opposite. I mean, granted, screw Grandpa Joe. No, yeah. He's been laying in bed for all those years. 20 years. Stands up. He's like, hey, we might you want to go see a chocolate factory. Yeah. He's like, sure, and I'll get up. And then his legs were fine after one song. Right, one song. But, uh, but still. Yeah, you could, thank, you could thank the author for that particular one. But yeah, no, no. I mean, and, and uh, I thought that the, the, the uh, what's his name? The kid that played Charlie. I'm sorry, his name slipped my mind. But um, I thought that his... his his performance was, was actually it Paul Peter Oster. Oster. His, his performance was really good. I liked it. Yeah, Peter Ostrom. Yeah, that's it. I liked his performance. He didn't do a whole lot other than this film. So I, I'll say, like, there was maybe a couple of the kids that I didn't mm. care for. But I mean, I liked a bunch of them. Veruca Salt. Sang, she gave everything she had you, to sing her one she song. She did. She got one she song did. and she blew the doors off of it. Uh, Mike TV? 
I've never yeah. liked him. Yeah, and but you know something also, I wonder how much of that was on purpose and that you weren't supposed to like those spoiled little brats. I know, but I just like, it wasn't that I like, I liked him, in, didn't like him in a good way. Right, right, right. Like, uh, like did you, you like, like no, uh-uh. no, you didn't like his character, but. I but just didn't like his didn't acting. Like his acting, yeah. 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 And I and, thought that Augustus. And Violet Beauregard. Meh, yeah. yeah. Augustus Gloop, he basically yeah. had two lines, feed me and help me. Yeah. And uh, I realized he had more than that, but, but you know, he his also character went away speak, quickly. I don't think he could speak a lot of English either. So. Uh, that's probably the truth. All right, but but in in reality, I think overall, I think it was acted well for what they were for what they were yeah. trying to do with the story. So I thought it was acted casted well. Just I was just saying, if there was a black mark on all these categories, that's certainly one. I think directing and editing, though, in my opinion, directing and editing, they get you know four point seven five stars. Yeah, in that it was really done well, considering how small the budget was. And the fact that they had some really big personalities who, for example, changed the title of the film or they weren't going to be in it, <clears throat> Gene Wilder. Uh, so I'm just saying uh, that I, I think the directing and editing was well, done and, and, well. and, um, at least one of the comments from the reviews was saying that it had like a clunky style. I, w- I would say that the director's experience with documentaries was evident in the film cutting style there you go but in interviews and cuts to people getting the tickets yeah with the cuts and the like i like if 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 you told me after the fact you know like i did mostly documentaries i really oh yeah no i can see that to see that i also saw the influence. that's not taking anything away from it but no I, like i liked no. it and but i liked I also, the pacing i saw the influence of the 60s and early 70s like monty python style of uh, vignettes and skits popping from yeah. one to the next. The little bit with the teacher in the school talking about uh, how you explain what a percentage is. Th- that felt like I was watching a Monty Python skit. Um, the the bit with uh, the computer that was going to tell them exactly where the next ticket was. That also f- had the similar feel. I liked that. I've always enjoyed. You know, that if part they reshot the it today in without getting rid of the. Um, not making it the Tim Burton style right. where, where it's just highly polished. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's definitely, like, that's a movie and it's highly polished. But it had still kind of the edge that they could use kind of like that office TV show style oh, of yeah. the mockumentary. Oh, yeah, sure. F- like the camera crew following the people fun. around and yeah, then they get like sucked a, up. A little bit with the Oompa Loompas in the break room. You if know, any of our listeners want an idea, like go ahead and take that. I'd, I'd watch the heck out of that movie. Yeah, yeah, where we used to live was really bad, but where we are now is actually pretty good. People think we're slaves, but let me tell you, who's in charge actually? The people stirring the chocolates? Like the, the shaky cam going over and then seeing Augustus Gloop in the tube and then yeah. he shoots up. He's like, oh my goodness. And he's like, look around. Back to Gene Wilder. He's like, ah, these things happen. But then, then you've got this interspersed with things like that scene that every single time I see it, and I've told this to other people and they say they feel the same way. Every time I see... The scene when they first walk into the giant candy garden. Yeah. And and Wilder starts that song, right? And he's and and he's uh, telling them all about Come with this me. yes, this world B. of imagination. It, it's a world of pure imagination. I just that song and that scene gets me every time. Yeah. You and I were sitting there watching it. I had I, once again. I had a little bit of dampness on my left eye. But uh, and that's all a part of that directing, editing, and screenplay. Yeah, and, and the way it was put together. I'd I think say screenplay and story, like like this is a gimme. 
uh, category so for us because I, I think it's too. a great, it's just a great story and it was told well. And I thought the cinematography locations were good. I, I love the inside of the factory. I could see how some people would give that they might give a check mark against the jankiness of some of the stuff in the factory because, like the uh, the um, the machine that spat out the three course dinner yeah, yeah. was just obviously these the like with like fabric yeah. moving around yeah. with like yeah. a an actuator arm. arm and stuff like that and you're like yeah that's pretty janky right that's there a, that's a puppet there were two humans in there yeah, yeah the i could see somebody being like my willful suspension of disbelief cannot be pressed that far the wonka wash with the uh, they passed through, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. They did that. They did that little trick there. Yeah, but but even so, it considering didn't do it for me. I still liked it they had for what it was in 1970 yeah. when they shot the thing. Right? Yeah. yeah. I thought they did really, really yeah. well. The score for me, uh, also, I just was talking about some of the music, with the exception of Mrs. Bucket's song, which is the. What? Uh, like, and I can't even remember the tune oh, right Charlie. now. Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. That little, like, oh, my poor kid. We're poor. He yeah. has nothing. But he's a good boy. Yeah. That song. Yeah. With the exception the, of it, that. It, set, it did set the tone of trying to let you know just how poor they really were. Yeah. You know, but, but fair enough. Uh, but the rest are like, just bangers. Like, I thought so. And, and yeah, Candyman. Heck. Come with, like, Pure Imagination. Yeah. Get out of Even town. Even most of the Oompa Loompa the, little vignettes uh, were great. Veruca Salt's, te- like the I want it now. Yeah. Like the temper tantrum, the, the Oompa Loompas. Just... You know, I don't know if this is the case, but I felt like uh, every time I see it, I felt like she played Veruca Salt, uh, or maybe she was the understudy for Veruca Salt on a stage version of this, and she was just belting this sucker out the way she did. And uh, yeah, she was all in. In any case, as you could tell, we like the music. Yeah, yeah. How about special effects and notables? Anything there for you? You know, um, there's the tunnel ride with the boat. That was pretty. That was pretty edgy for the seventies. I'll, I'll I'll admit this. Never quite sure why that's in there, and it's never explained why. Like, and maybe this, maybe it's written in the book that it, there was a thing of saying a like, scary tunnel. There's a scary tunnel and it makes fear toxins that we use in the mm-hmm. the chocolate. I don't know. Like I, it was like, why do you have this here? Yeah. Why? But why did he make the Wonka Vader? No, seriously, why did he make it at all? Yeah, yeah. But the um, we haven't talked about fizzy lifting drinks yet. The scene with the wires that were clearly visible. You could see the wires. However, I was willing to allow for that one to happen and then I, while you watch it you get a little nervous that they get close to the I've top. noticed the more you yeah. drink Kyle's fizzy lifting drinks he gave us the more you have to hold on to the table yeah so. luckily the ceiling in the in the yeah. uh, in the lair is a little bit low uh, there's not enough fizzy lifting drinks in the world <laughs> to pull my lard butt off this chair the uh no the uh but I thought they were fun and low budget sure yes, yes. but Worked, but did well with the budget and they, the optical illusions that they used. Optical illusions that was fun. Even the 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 little thing that I know people notice it, but until you watch the movie and actually really start to pay attention, how many things in his office were literally a half of a thing? It was 
everything. Yeah. And you get it. You get the joke. Okay, it's weird. He has half of everything in his office. He was wearing a whole hat, but there's only a half a hat on the thingamabob. And it's just kind of like, no, why? He is so weird. And they went to every detail they could to make sure you knew yeah. just how weird he was. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And the X Factor for me, uh, you know, we talk about how movies... Just because a movie is, uh, it means something important to yeah. you from nostalgia. your childhood. Just because nostalgia doesn't make it Pantheon. However, uh, I can't set that off, set that back as being an X Factor in this particular movie. Because it's foundational. I mean, how many other movies and shows have made a comment about or reference to something or all the things from uh, from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Well, all, and all Lisa Fernandez was saying, I watched this with my grandkids. And they had the same experience I did. They had the I same did. experience I did. And Absolutely. I've done that with my kids. I have with mine. And it's passed on. And, and then we'd be on a trip. We'd be in Florida. We'd be driving somewhere. And one of them would make a reference and connect something that we just saw or did back to this movie again, uh, directly or indirectly. It was it, it's, it's just a part of our culture at this point. Yeah. So that's a big piece of the X Factor. And it's a go. It's, a, it's, it's a one go. of these greatest of all time films. It is. And Kyle, like he said, doesn't normally nominate movies that feel like they should have already been in. Yeah. He normally takes a chance, a little more risky this time, I think. And for good reason, and I'm glad he did, uh, has nominated something that for many, many people is a, is, a, is a Pantheon movie. And I think that anybody who... If I had to guess, the biggest reasons for people who, if they did say no, was because of a comparison level that they they thought this one was too janky or not close enough to the source material. Yep, that's probably true. Yeah. Probably true. All right, let's talk about awards. Uh, 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 Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory had four wins and 17 nominations. I don't think that's right. Uh, actually, I think that is from a different movie. That's, that's a different movie. What page am I yeah, reading? No, here? no, no. Everything else, the awards is off right there. That's because uh, lost an Oscar for the writing to Driving Miss Daisy that's, um, that's is not correct. That's a different movie there. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to check with our editor here. Well, I, you can see the title on the top of the page is Willy Wonky and yeah, the Chocolate it says, Factory. It says Willy Wonka's Wonky Willy and the Chocolate Factory. Which It I'm does sure not is... say Willy Wonky's Wonky Willy. It says Willy Wonky. <laughs> Don't make me worse than I already am. You, you uh, snozberry. Well, looking that up, let me give you a little trivia here. After reading the script, Gene Wilder said he would take the role of Wonka under one condition that he would be allowed to limp and then suddenly somersault in the scene where he first meets the children. When the director, Mel Stewart, asked why, Wilder replied that having Wonka do this meant, from that time on, no one will know if I'm lying or telling the truth. Stewart asked, if I say no, you won't do the picture? And Wilder said, I'm afraid that's the truth. Uh-oh. Was he lying? Or was he telling the truth? Uh, you'll never know. You will never, the world will never know. In the DVD commentary, Peter Ostrom, that's that's Charlie, mentions that toward the end of the shoot, with him being the only kid left, he and Gene Wilder often ate lunch together. Fittingly, they finished those lunches by sharing a chocolate bar for dessert as they walked back to the set. The Chocolate River. I've always wondered how they made the Chocolate River. It was made from 150,000 gallons of water, real chocolate, and cream. The filmmakers had to change the formula for the Chocolate River because originally <laughs> the concoction they were using turned blood red. 
Because of the cream, the mixture began to spoil, and by the end of filming, it smelled terrible. Michael Bolner, who played Augustus Gloop, later described it as dirty, stinky water. So the only award that comes up for this that was of the time. Mm -hmm. So it does. It it was a nominated. Actually, there's two. It was nominated uh, for best actor in a motion picture for a Golden Globe. Mm -hmm. Didn't win. And it also was uh, nominated for best music. Leslie Bricuse. Mm -hmm. uh, It was nominated for 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 that, but it did not win. Ah, all right. Two nominations, no wins. Yeah. Most of the chocolate bars in the movie were made of wood. Denise Nickerson, uh, Violet, a Violet esque had a Violet esque experience in real life. She said in the DVD commentary that one day in math class, kids started pointing at her and laughing, and one of her friends told her she was turning purple. The makeup that had been used on her for the film had apparently seeped into her pores and started to resurface, which she jokingly remarked prevented her from getting any dates at school. <laughs> no. So the opening credit sequence was filmed at a Tobler chocolate factory Mm -hmm. in Switzerland. During the Wonka wash car scene, the foam used to spurt out was compiled from basic fire extinguishers. But what was unknown to the cast and crew was that the foam itself was a potent skin irritant. So after shooting the scenes, the actors and actresses were left in considerable discomfort when their skin puffed up. And required several days to receive medical treatment and recovery. That would shut a movie set down for a month in today's time. Yeah. And there would be fines. Oh, my God. Lawsuits. So the Oompa Loompas, truth be told, were known for hard partying offset, <laughs> Even traveling in a limo together to bars. Uh, and along this line, I didn't, I didn't include this. Uh, from one of the things that I had found is that many of them uh, also did not speak English. That they were, I think, because it filmed in Germany the, for for much of it. That um, they they were not. They had to uh, work very hard on some of these uh, things because they they didn't speak English. But yeah, the party like an oompa loompa. Mm. That's the phrase that pays. That's the phrase. Hashtag. That pays. Party like an oompa. Party loompa. like an oompa loompa. In I'm gonna get scene... my oompa. I'm gonna oompa my loompa to later tonight. <laughs> Wait. So in the scene <laughs> in the chocolate river room, my one of my favorite scenes, Julie Don Cole did not know the rock that she uses to crack the big piece of candy open was real, and she dropped down onto it, injuring her knee. If you look carefully, you can see her left stocking has blood on it, and she still has a scar on that knee today from the injury. So I included this last one for you, because mm. you mentioned this while we were watching it. I scoffed a little bit, but then it says Mel Stewart initially wanted to reveal that Willy Wonka had strategically placed the golden tickets in order to give the factory to Charlie. Mm-hmm. The idea was dropped, but the hints remained in the fact that Mr. Wilkinson, acting as Slugworth, conveniently showed up every time a ticket was uncovered. He knew where they were. He knew he was going to get them, and he knew who to talk to. He knew who was going to get it. And Mr. Miggity Mac told me that that was what was happening while we were watching the movie because he's... Uh, I've seen it so many times. He's he's like a like a savant when it comes to, yeah. to, to ruining movies. Like a movie, I mean, watching... Yeah, yeah. Like a movie idiot servant. That's what I am. You watch any anything with him, he'll tell you the whole plot before it's done. <laughs> sort of. I'll so, watch a movie. I'll, I couldn't tell you the plot after I was done. 
<laughs> so Peter Ostrom played Charlie. He's a veterinarian. What? Yeah. Julie Don Cole, Veruca Salt. Uh-huh. Psychotherapist. Get out of town. Yeah. Uh, Paris Themen, Mike TV, is a photography, has a photography company. Okay. That's where they take pictures of things and they break them into a million little pieces. Yes. And they transmit them over and then they get printed. Like chocolate bars. Yeah. Denise Nickerson, Violet, uh-huh. uh, works for an electric company and Dark Shadows. Oh, was on the electric company. I apologize. Oh, she didn't and, work for the electric no, company? <laughs> she was on the electric company. I guess I knew that. I'd forgotten. And Dark Shadows, a soap soap opera. And Michael Ballner, Augustus Gloop, is a tax accountant. Looks like one. He looked like one as a child and he looks like one as an adult. And I'm not being mean at all. That's how he appears. Is Dark Shadows the Johnny Depp? movie no where he's like a vampire no what is that that's what well, that's that's what that's the, the 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 hulu show is based on it what we what we do in the shadows or no 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 i'm thinking of like a, a different one yeah dark shadows was a soap opera in the 70s and 80s i believe well yeah the uh there was um he was a vamp it, it was not what we do in the shadows it was, it was um Yeah, Dark Shadows. Okay, fair enough. 2012. Johnny Depp, huh? Johnny Depp. Yeah, no, you're right. He plays that. Uh, I honestly thought that was the predecessor to the TV show. And I'm wondering... Because he even sounds like the guy. Yeah, I'm wondering if Dark Shadows uh, was, right. was of the same. Well, the only reason I asked that is because Johnny Depp would then go on to play Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka later on. It's weird, right? Yeah. All right, let's talk about some votes. As at the time of the recording of our podcast... On the AV Council, of course, Kyle Brown, he nominated the movie. He's a yes. Brad has voted yes. Nathan, Matthew, Rachel, all yeses. Uh, Brandon has voted no. So, so far we have five yeses on the council. The Facebook poll, uh, 122 yeses, tw- uh, 32 noes. One, I haven't seen it. Just one. And four, I need to rewatch it. So that's pretty heavily on the yes side. Yeah. Which puts it at six yeses. Right it, now. If any one of the next people four people say, we've got April, Adam, Jeremy, and our guest voter, John Shippey. Yeah. If any one of them says yes and the poll holds out, it is Pantheon for all time. If you if you were a betting man. I'd say yes. I'd say yes, it's gonna it's gonna you, make it. What would be the number? Oh, uh of eleven, how many do you think? Eight or nine. Yeah? I think so. You think that there's gonna be that many no's? I only the, only two no's. Two okay. or maybe three no's. Okay. So one or two more no's, possibly. Okay. That's what I. That's what I would think. Yeah. I'd be in that ballpark. Yeah. What about your your personal vote? Yes or no? Well, I, I think it's obvious from having listened to that the, you hated to this. Yeah. That I hated you're the, definitely going to vote hated no. The heck out of this you film. are the one. You're, yeah. you're Good thing you're not the guest voter, you loser. Uh, no. <laughs> I would vote yes for Panther. Yeah. And I would. I think you can tell just from our conversation. That we both would vote yes. It's like we're talking about an old friend. It is like we're talking about an old friend or or, or possibly a, f- a former lover who we never really broke up with. We just parted as good friends. And and occasionally we'll hook up like once a year or so. You live a whole when, different life when, than me. I when, when we see when we see it on I Netflix and we're like, hey, let's let's oh, go ahead and right. watch this yeah, thing. Let's chill. Yeah, let's chill together no, and watch right. this movie. You're dead on. So if we wandered tonight while we were doing it, it is because we were just wandering uh, while chatting about an old friend. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Any final thoughts, Dr. Diamond Doug? 
I enjoy this. Uh, I enjoyed this watching the movie. I enjoy the conversation. I enjoy. Uh, this is just a wild season. It's like kind of all over the place. We forgot Quaker Oats. Oh. My goodness, everybody's been waiting around for Quaker Oats. We dropped the hint at the beginning yeah. before we started anything. It happened That's once in good, the middle. Yeah. It like peeked its little head out like a little turtle towards the end. And then Tell me never... about Quaker Oats. Well, okay, here's the part of the story that I'm aware of. That this movie was never going to happen. And that Quaker Oats decided uh, that they were going to back it, completely funded the thing, and essentially, as far as I can tell... Uh, got only a very small amount of actual get payback out of it in that anything that you buy that says Wonka something, a Wonka bar, a Wonka whatever, came from them. So, let me add a little bit from what I know. Um, yeah. Is that Quaker Oats wanted to get into the candy bar business. Mm-hmm. So, they put money down for this so that they could then cross-promote their scrum diddlyumptious bar that they were going to get. The Scrum Diddly Umptious Bar, or whatever the, I think the, that they had put out, it was mixed bad, and it was melting on the shelves. Yeah. The, the bar did not sell it well because it, like it, it was it it just it was it was bad. So, and Gobstoppers, which you can still buy, they're not called Everlasting, but they are Gobstoppers. Those are they had a couple product. of products that they were selling, yeah, and then. They decided to sell the company to somebody else. I, I think it was Sunshine Company. I can't remember the name exactly. Who then, in the 1980s, sold it to Nestle. And Nestle has the Wonka brand. And Nestle in the 80s then threw out things like bottle caps, nerds, uh-huh. Laffy Taffy, all yep. the, the, the other crazy flavored stuff, yep. everlasting gobstoppers. Um, but yeah, that the that this movie was... The money was put on the table by the Quaker Oats because they wanted to do a product tie-in. Yeah, get into the candy business. And it didn't work out for them, but... So the town that I was living in uh, when this movie came out, uh, over in Illinois, had a huge Quaker factory. And they mostly made cereal, uh, mm-hmm. but um, but but uh, they would do uh, promotions, like when there were city parades and stuff. They would always throw out Wonka candy uh, from the parade floats. Yeah. And it was probably the first place I ever actually got Wonka candy was from a parade in that little town. Uh, but yeah, yep, yep, Quaker Oats had a big connection here. Yep. All right. Well, as always, I hope everyone's enjoyed tonight's conversation. Obviously, Triple D and I have very much. Where can Video Land find you, sir? You can find me on the Facebook page. You can find me there, too. You can find us on Instagram, us being Adventures in Video Land, on Instagram, adventuresinvideoland.com. But the conversation always begins and ends on our Facebook page. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Videolanders. The, the snozberries, snozberries taste like snozberries. snozberries. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know what snozberry actually is? Just, uh, we'll, we'll let them look that up okay, later that, on. That, that line yeah. always bothers me, by yeah. the way. Because the girl's licking the wallpaper when he says it. Anyway, anyway, you know what? No, 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 no. How about this? We, we love, love you. you.